Welcome to episode 20 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Each week on the podcast, we plan to talk about all things Lakeshore. On a regular basis, we'll have guests that we interview. Uh, Occasionally, we'll have a guest host. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, You might also hit that notification bell so you get notifications when one is posted. Uh, We're live every Wednesday at noon. If you miss us live, you can always go back and catch us later. Once it's uh, it's all, uh, all of the episodes are archived on our YouTube channel. They're also available on other podcast platforms. So I want to encourage you to be a regular listener and invite others to to listen as well. On today's podcast, I just wanted to take some time to go a little deeper in a message series that we're doing here at Lakeshore called Bible 101, How to Read and Understand Your Bible. Uh, We're looking at an overview. We've already gone through the Old Testament, uh, an overview of the flow of history through the Old Testament. And of course, I want to remind you, everything there in the Old Testament is pointing forward to Christ, to the coming of Christ uh, in the new covenant that God would establish through him. Uh, This past week, this past Sunday, we uh, looked at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as we started into the New Testament. And the Gospel simply means good news. It's the good news that, that God has kept his promise. He has sent the Messiah to us. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are giving testimony uh, to his miracles, his wonders, his signs that God did to show that he really was who he claimed to be. They record a lot of his life, a lot of the the things that Jesus taught and did so that we could have that evidence to look at, to put our faith in Jesus. This next Sunday, we're going to be looking at the next section that we're finishing up the series with the book of Acts through the book of Revelation and everything in between. Of course, when you do a big overview like that, you can't go too deep into it. You're just getting the big picture there of how everything connects and fits together. So I wanted to take uh, just a portion here. Uh, The book of Acts that we'll be starting with this Sunday is a history book of the early church from its very beginning uh, through the early years of the church. And of course, things are at the beginning what God intended them to be. It takes time for us as human beings. We mess things up over time. Given enough time and opportunity, I always say we can mess up anything. But the church as it got started was being started as God wanted it to be. And we're part of a group of churches that exist around the world who have this goal of trying to restore the church back to the pattern that we find there in the New Testament, especially as you look at it beginning in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, we have a record of the very first gospel message ever preached. And it was Peter who preached that message. And in that message, he reminded them all of how Jesus was shown to be who he claimed to be by the miracles and wonders and signs that God did, that they were eyewitnesses to. The crowd that Peter was talking to had assembled there in Jerusalem. It was an exclusively Jewish crowd that was there. And Peter takes advantage of that opportunity where God gets their attention, gathers them around, and he begins to preach that first gospel message. God had promised Peter, Jesus had told him, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. And he was able to unlock the door to the good news of the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, that people could be welcomed into that kingdom through him and what he did for us on the cross. So in that message, you can go back and look at it, recorded in Acts chapter 2, where Peter reminds them of all of those things that Jesus did and all the evidences that he was who he claimed to be. And then he finishes up his message by talking about the fact that, that the people in the audience that were listening, along with the help of wicked men, he says, the Roman soldiers, we crucified Jesus. We nailed him to the cross. 
But he said, God raised him from the dead and made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when the people heard that message, it says they were cut to the heart. They were convicted of their sin and they wanted to know, what can we do, brothers? How can we make this right again with God? And that's where we have the great response that Peter gave. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. What a great promise. And then he said, and you'll receive a gift from God. When you do that, when you repent and are baptized, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Peter added this to the promise. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. That would include you. It would include me. And I'm so thankful that God and his plan, uh, and Peter revealed this to us, that God planned not just for those people who heard the message that day to find salvation in Christ, forgiveness of sins, but that all people who would come after that, who would place their faith in Jesus, who would repent, turn from sin and turn to him, be baptized into Christ, we could have new life in Christ. And he would give us that gift of the Holy Spirit to indwell us and empower us and help us live the life that he calls us to in Christ. I want to focus especially on another verse here that's right after that. It said that uh, when they, uh, those who heard the message and responded to it, 3,000 were baptized that day into Christ. That's the beginning of the church under the new covenant made possible through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're a continuation of that church that started there in Acts chapter 2. But verse 42 of Acts chapter 2 is a summary verse of the lifestyle and activity of the church from that point on. So for the rest of the New Testament, we find the teachings and the examples and, and the guidance that we need to live out the life that God called us to as the church, because we are the church when we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in verse 42 of Acts 2, it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. There were four specific things that those first believers devoted themselves to. And the reason I want to emphasize that today is this. They, they the early church, those people who came to know Christ at the beginning and began to follow him, they had four specific things they were devoted to. And these are the men and women who turned the world upside down for Jesus in their lifetime. And they were doing it against great odds. They were in a, a culture that was certainly ungodly. They were living under the control of, of Rome who, who tried to get people to worship and honor Caesar above everything else. There was idol worship all around them. There were all kinds of challenges to that early church, yet they were still powerful and effective and being the witness God wanted them to be. I believe that if we could get back to devoting ourselves as the church to those same four things, we could have more powerful impact in our culture no matter what challenges we face. So let's look at those four things real quick. The first one was the apostles' teaching. Of course, there they had the apostles right in front of them teaching in person, live. That's a great thing to be able to, to be a part of. We don't have the apostles with us live today, but we do have a record of their teaching as found in Scripture. Uh, that's why in order for us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, it means we need to be devoted to a study of the Word of God. I love that Lakeshore is a teaching church. That's our focus. That's our emphasis. We want you to know the Bible for yourself. We want you to be able to see it and hear it be reminded of it, have it explained so that you can apply it to your life. Because when we're devoted to that, it can help us impact for Christ as a church. 
And the more of us who make up the church who will devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the teachings of Scripture, the more equipped we will be to do the good things God's called us to do. So I want to challenge you to make a commitment to the apostles' teaching a part of your life and your walk as a follower of Jesus. Take advantage of those opportunities. Be involved in the church and the teaching of the church, but go beyond that. You have a responsibility to to take some time each day and spend some time in God's Word regularly so that you grow in maturity, knowledge, understanding of what God has to say there. In our series, we started out with a passage from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that all scriptures God breathe and it's useful. It's, it's good for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, for training. It's good for the things we need to equip us thoroughly for every good thing God has called us to do. Well, it also says they were devoted to the fellowship. I want to come back to that one. It's the last one. The next one was the breaking of bread. Most scholars believe that the breaking of bread refers to what we often call communion or the Lord's Supper. They regularly came around the Lord's table in memory of what Jesus had done. When Jesus instituted that memorial, he said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. The bread representing his body that he gave and the, the juice representing the blood that he spilled. Here at Lakeshore, we observe that memorial every Sunday, every Lord's Day, and we invite you to be a part of that, that regular reminder of that sacrifice. It holds us accountable. It encourages us. It allows us to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ when we do this together to remember Christ. And the Bible says when we do it, we need to examine ourselves so that we can partake it in a way that is a worthy manner a worthy manner doesn't mean we're worthy to partake. It means we do it in a way that's acceptable and pleasing to God when we take that meal together. So I want to encourage you to, to come and regularly be part of coming around the Lord's table and to do it in a way where you really focus and truly put your heart and your mind into it to remember just how much God loved you and how much Christ was willing to sacrifice for you. Well, they were devoted to prayer as well. And prayer is an essential element to our walk with Christ. It is our connection to the power, to the source of all good things because it connects us to God himself. He tells us in Scripture not to be afraid to do this, but to come boldly to his throne of grace through prayer because he wants us to come and seek the help that we need to acknowledge he's the one that can supply that for us. So prayer is talking to a father, a father who loves you, who has sacrificed for you, who has given you everything for your enjoyment and who will guide and direct you. He'll help heal your hurts. He'll help strengthen you for the challenges. He'll help you celebrate the good things too. He celebrates with you. So I want you to know prayer is a, a regular part of the walk you need to have with Christ. And I know depending on the background you come from, prayer can feel awkward sometimes if you haven't grown up with it as a regular part of your life. Don't try to make it more complicated than it is in Scripture. It's simply you talking to the Father, and that's made possible through Jesus. You go in his name through his sacrifice, and that's why you have access to the Father, to, to the Creator God, who, who wants you to come and find the help that you need from him. So prayer should be a regular part of our lives. But I want to go back to one that says they were devoted to. It's translated that they were devoted to the fellowship. That word fellowship is a Greek word that's interesting. It's koinonia. Koinonia is the idea uh, in the church. We sometimes have missed this, I think, because we, we use the term fellowship uh, for, I think, lesser things than what koinonia really means. 
we use the term fellowship meals or fellowship gatherings, and those are good terms. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, churches oftentimes would have meals together, and that is a way of fellowshipping together. But this word for fellowship goes deeper. It means not just sharing a meal, but sharing life with each other. The reason I wanted to emphasize that so much today is this. Studies are showing, the most recent studies are showing, that COVID really had a, an impact in a way that some people didn't realize it would. It's created a, a culture now of more separation between people than people have felt in a long, long time. Uh, loneliness is being registered more and more and more on surveys that people are feeling more lonely than they have in a long, long time. Uh, depression is on the rise. Uh, ice, feelings of isolation uh, are on the rise. I think COVID did that to our culture in a lot of ways. Some of it was out of necessity for safety, for protection, I'm sure, to try to keep people healthy. But here's what's happening. People are having a hard time transi transitioning back to really sharing life together. Well, for Christians, the core place that that is supposed to happen, that God designed for that to happen, is the church. And so a lot of people got disconnected from church, from that in-person connection and fellowship in the church. And I know some people, uh, we, we provide online services. We're doing this podcast online. We want to have that connection, too. That's part of the connection and the fellowship that we want to have. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing, or we wouldn't be doing it. And we want to honor God with it. But it can only go so far. And I know some people, your health won't allow you to be here, or you may be traveling, and that's why we want to have that online available to you. But friends, when you're able, if you can do it, there's, there's something special about coming together, fellowshipping, sharing life, doing life together face-to-face. -face. And that's why we have life groups. And that's why we have Sunday gatherings for the church, is so that we can have those connections with each other as the family of God. If you go on, go on and read after Acts 2.42, it goes on to tell about some of the daily lifestyle of those Christ followers. They were doing things for each other. They were supporting each other. They were encouraging each other, holding each other accountable. They were meeting together regularly. They were eating meals together. They were doing life together. I want to challenge you, if you're not connected with a life group or connected with, with coming to the fellowship on Sundays at a church, please look at the opportunity there to get reconnected again or connected for the first time if you've never done that because that fellowship helps with, with God's plan to keep us from being so isolated and so lonely and, and not having someone to do life together with. At Lakeshore, we want to encourage you, if you are in this area, come and, and fellowship with us. We want you to be part of the fellowship of God. But if you're not here local, we still want to encourage you, connect to a local church family. Get involved in a life group and activities at the church. Don't isolate yourself. Satan can really work on our hearts and our minds when we allow ourselves to be isolated from others who love God and want to serve God and honor God. So make sure you don't let Satan have that opportunity to work on you in that way through your own self-imposed isolation. Don't let it be something that God uh, that you are missing in your relationship with God because being connected to God also means being connected to his family, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether it's online or in person, make sure you're making the effort, you're putting forth the effort to keep that connection going, to have that fellowship with others. Well, 
There's so much more in the book of Acts. If you read on further than that, you see how the gospel continued to spread. More and more people were being brought to Christ. But that was happening mostly through individuals like you and me who talked to people at work and uh, in the marketplace, uh, talked to our family members. We were that example that we needed to be in word and deed. And they were curious about this Christianity thing because of the good witness that the early church had. We can all be part of how God can use us that way today, too. So if we are committed to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, just those four things, keep it simple, devote yourself to those things, then God can use you to impact the world today in a powerful way. We can turn the world upside down for Jesus even now. Well, before I go today, I want to encourage you to uh, get involved in some of the activities here at Lakeshore. We've got lots of good things coming up. If you're not already part of a life group, I want to encourage you to, to get connected to one. We'll help you with that process. You can go to our website at lakeshorechristian.com, click on that life group graphic, and fill out that form, and we'll have someone follow up with you and help you make that connection there. We have a trunk or treat event coming up soon, Saturday, October the 29th. It'll be that afternoon from 2 to 4. That's one way we connect with our community. We provide this as a way for families to have a safe place to bring their kids to go trick-or-treating. So if you could help out by having a trunk there or volunteering to help in some way, you, can get, again, can go to our website, lakeshorechristian.com, click on the trunk or treat volunteer graphic, and get signed up there. We appreciate your help with this uh, connecting ministry Uh, that we have. Activities like that are part of our connections effort with our community. We have a welcome lunch coming up. If you're new to Lakeshore, this is a great way for you to get more connected and involved. Ask any questions you might have. You can meet some of the staff. Uh, It's on November the 20th. It'll be on that Sunday at both campuses. At the uh, Antioch campus, it'll be after the 11 o'clock service. At the Smyrna campus, it'll be after their 10 o'clock service. We need you to sign up in advance for that, and we need you to select When you sign up, you'll have the opportunity to select what lunch you want to have. We'll give you lunch options there, and you sign up for the one you would prefer to have so that we can have that ready for you on that Sunday, November the 20th. We would encourage you to go ahead and get signed up for that. Uh, We have a BB gun shoot coming up for our guys, for the men. It's on November the 12th. It'll be out at a farm with one of our members here and their family. Uh, The breakfast will start at 8 o'clock that Saturday morning, and the shooting will be after that. We have it well supervised. We don't want anybody to shoot their eye out, so we're going to make sure it's a safe event and a fun event. Uh, Guys, you're encouraged to be part of that. You can sign up in advance again on the website or the kiosk at either campus. I'm excited about my guest next week here on the podcast. Uh, Darren Key is going to be my guest. He is the author of a book called The Quest. This is a book that we're going to be using for a study Uh, That will begin on October the 30th. It's our next message series and churchwide study that we're going to be doing. The Quest is a book that is written to help us uh, go on a quest to find financial health that honors God. And Darren is the CEO of Christian Financial Resources. It's a ministry partner here at Lakeshore for us. Uh, They have uh, an outreach. They have a ministry where they help churches with their finances, with uh, loans to help them do projects as a church, with uh, oversight of their financial stewardship. And I appreciate the work that they're doing with uh, Christian Financial Resources. So Darren will be able to share more with us about the work of CFR, but also about this series called The Quest, where we learn the principles in Scripture, how God wants to bless us with a good financial health 
so that we not only enjoy that, but that we're able to then be generous, caring uh, people that can make a difference with our finances, not only in our lifetime, but for ages to come. So I hope that you'll be a part of that with us. Uh, if you're not already connected to a group, a lot of our groups are going to be doing this study together. So I will love to help you get connected to a group before we start this series on October the 30th. We have these books available for you. Uh, a lot of people picked them up this past Sunday. They're $5. They're available at our bookstore or at both campuses. They're available at the Welcome Center, the Welcome Desk at the other, at the Smyrna campus or at the bookstore here at the Antioch campus. So if you need to get one of these books, be sure you stop by and pick that up this coming Sunday, and uh, you'll be ready to go then that following week with this churchwide study. Well, I want to encourage you to invite family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, and join us as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today.